self-serving persuasive talkers of everything and nothing. We are Conversation Con Artists. What's going on, people? It's your boy, Mr. On Point. Red is not with us today. If you want to know why, you need to send her an email asking why she ain't here today. But instead, I have a special guest. Hand it off to you, partner. Hey, what's going on, everybody? This is me, Cole Jackson. I am one. Well, I'm the only person that part of the government podcast that comes out every Tuesday on B1K Radio. That net. How you doing? What's all right. up? All right, man. I can't complain. How about yourself? I'm I'm all right, man. I I'm glad you had me back again. Look at that. I guess I'm I'm somebody. Yeah, you are. You know, repeat offender. <laughs> No. <laughs> okay, so I no more. Don't use any jail terminology around me ever again. Cause you it just it just you don't have some experiences. No, and I'm trying to keep it that way. <laughs> but I don't think it would enhance your experiences by using that language on the show. Mm-mm. But I understand. Yeah. I understand. Don't nobody want to be put no jail terminology on here. So me like that. So normally we would uh, you know do a hey, listener Red. letter. Uh, what you say? I was just saying, telling tell Red, hey. oh, she didn't even listen to the show. I'm still going to say, hey, hey, Red, what up? Thank Maybe you. she'll listen to this one. I don't know. She might. She don't like to hear herself talk, I think. But see, she ain't on this one, so she don't have no reason not to listen. See? Right. She don't want to hear two, two niggas talking, do you? I don't know. I mean, she know that embedded in this show is going to be some shit talking about her. Right. So it's in her best interest to know what that is. <laughs> like uh, Popsicle Unicorn? Yeah. I told her that was her escort name. <laughs> oh, yeah. Popsicle Unicorn. Oh, yeah. <laughs> I said, that's your escort name, ain't it? <laughs> they look you up. They're going to find Popsicle Unicorn. That's your escort name. Uh, Red, what I'm going to do throughout this episode is sprinkle the names of some of the dishes that I cook that I put sugar in um, just to make sure that you listen <laughs> throughout the show to find out what those dishes are. Okay. <laughs> She been trying to get this list for so long. <laughs> Chico, she not gonna be able to crack the code. Yeah, she not if she don't listen. So this is the only way you're gonna get it. Oh wow! So what Cole Jackson got for us is some icebreaker so, situation. So I come on this show on a regular basis, but hey, maybe sometime we gotta break the ice. I mean, we've known each other for a little while now. I think yeah. I can, I, we we got a friendship going on. It's yeah. cool. It's things we don't know about each other, though. Is that there is there is? It's things that listen, y'all. It's things we don't know about everybody in our lives. <laughs> you don't know what somebody's search history got in it. <laughs> I know what's with mine. Exactly. Like, and, and there's some things in my search history that I'm not. I don't. You don't. You don't need to know. Right. Right. But I feel like let's do a couple of these icebreakers. But I. uh <laughs> like these are some some good ones too, so I just I thought I'd bring some icebreakers to the show just to kind of so you can get to know both of us. I have no idea what he's gonna ask. Exactly. Me. All right, first one: If you could be invisible for a day, what would you do? Something that's gonna make me some money. I don't care if it's crime related. I'm getting money. What could I do that sensibly get me the most money and guarantee that I don't get in trouble? Because what I don't want to do is become, okay, wait a minute, I got, I got a question. Mm-hmm. Am I invisible and everything I'm wearing invisible, or is it just my body's invisible and I, clothes put? I'm going to proceed. I knew you was going to do that, because you think <laughs> like me. 
It's just your body. No clothes. Like you wake up and you're just naked and you're invisible. See, that changed the whole trajectory. Because in my head, I was thinking, you know, what if I go try to get some money out of a bank, but I get locked in the vault, and now the next day I'm butt naked in there with like $100 bills around me. I'm going to jail, and I'm going to get the name of the century, right. the butt naked bank robber or some shit. Right. I don't That'll want that. good. We don't want that. The butt naked bank robber? Yeah. Not if I'm going to be in jail the rest of my life. Get <laughs> some clothes then. You'll have I'll clothes be in then. clothes, but I'm going to get raped. That's inevitable, bro. And they're going to say, come on over here, butt naked yeah. bank robber. Yeah. Get butt naked. Yeah. I'm taking that. Yeah, that's 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 bad. Taking that booty. That's terrible. What would I do? What would you do? I don't want to say I'll resort to some crime. I have no idea what I do, though. You're invisible for like a whole day. You got a whole day to be invisible. I'm invisible, but you know would... how hard being invisible would have to be? I would you people can still bump into you. They can still hear your footsteps and you breathing. You bef I mean, you're naked though. I'm all so, the way invisible. I'm pretty sure your your footsteps but ain't if, that But heavy. imagine how uncomfortable I'm gonna be knowing that I'm butt naked around but they people can't see you. But still they can't see you. I bruh. still know. I still know that I'm naked. But they don't know that. And then you know another thing about it is I can't see myself either. Right. So, it's going to, like, typing on the keyboard going to be complicated. No, it ain't. Yes, it is. Like, pressing in a keypad. Look, man, look, I'm pretty sure it will be able to work. I think I don't think we give our peripheral vision enough credit. Like, even though we don't necessarily look directly at the keyboard, we can see what we place in our hands. Yeah. You know, we can see what. I think it'll be complicated to be invisible, especially for just today. I don't think I'd do nothing. I have to plan. I don't know, man. I mean, my first instinct was to be like, man, I'm going to get this money. But then I was like, hmm, I would just rather play tricks on people <laughs> all day long. Just oh, kids. Just, I don't know. Because if I'm naked, I don't want to have to go through the, the, the stuff of having to climb stuff and rob. And if my clothes were going to be invisible, that'd be a different story. But if I'm going to be like naked invisible, I'd just play practical jokes on everybody all day long. And laugh <laughs> all I day long. But how you gonna get there? How you gonna get where? To the place that you pulling the drive your car. You think your car ain't gonna get pulled over with your invisible ass in there and they see a car driving? <laughs> <laughs> and a police gonna come there. What you think you gonna be able to just sit there and I mean I'ma put my coat I'm put my I'm gonna put my clothes on. That's then. gonna be an even worse situation because now you got a hoodie on and the police look Wait. at you and all they see is <laughs> Why I gotta wear a hoodie? You gotta have some on your head. I wear a hat. So you mean if you were to look to the car next to you and somebody just had on a hat and was invisible, you wouldn't be creeped the fuck out. I just keep on driving because ain't nothing my damn. <laughs> well, business. police officer ain't gonna do that. They gonna pull you over. Hey, and it's the point that they find out you invisible. It's one one or two How things. How they gonna find out? I'm invisible. All I got to do is shed my clothes and dip. I feel like they gonna open the car door. You giving people too many credit, too much credit. I'm just saying, this is reality. I if know, a police officer see you. People aren't that smart. So you think that they're going to, they think, so if you was an invisible driver, are you going to pull over? When a police officer put their lights on behind you? 
Nah, why? You're going to keep going. Yeah. So now you're going to get in a high-speed chase where but, multiple cars going to get involved. But here's the thing. When they do pull, finally get me pulled over, guess what? I'm invisible. Share my clothes. Go out the, uh, the side, though. You, how they going to shoot me? They can't see me. So do fingerprints still work when you're invisible? I don't know. I ain't never been invisible before. In your scenario <laughs> of invisibility, because I'm thinking, I'll just, I'll pull over. How? Open the door. Fingerprints can't work when you're invisible. But but the pressure still have to work. Yeah, but fingerprints don't leave no prints if you're invisible. I don't know. No. Can't have it like that. If I'm invisible and I headbutt you, you still get a bruise. I still feel it. But I'm saying the but, car still feel the pressure. But that doesn't mean I got prints on my fingers. What I'm saying, I don't, I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's odd But in my head It's like If I get out of my car I purposely I feel like question, though. I, I feel like I'll sneak over Into the police car And just take off In the yeah. police car You're invisible But if fingerprints Gonna be on the wheel That's a bad idea How? You're invisible Because But you still apply Prime pressure Right But that don't mean You got prints on your hands So that means that With invisibility Your body don't secrete Any oils Why would it? It's like glass. That's how I think about invisibility. I don't know. Everything's smooth. This see this this gets to the depth of my <laughs> that's why analysis. I pick, that's why I picked that question. Because now <laughs> now I'm wondering now I'm wondering like or how are you invisible? Are you invisible at, at like a genetic uh cellular base or is like some kind of invisible field over you or something like that? Exactly. You make a difference, man. I can't see? answer questions like this. See? <laughs> see? What y'all learned about me is uh, my analytical self is so deep that I can't I can't figure it out. But what you gonna do is play practical jokes on people. Yeah. Okay. That that seems like. You know what? I feel the best way to get some money would be like to contact uh, if you know ahead of time you're gonna be invisible. Contact like a a mad a famous musician a magician mm -hmm. and have them come up with some kind of trick. That it's only for a day, now, bro. I'm just saying if you. You got to know ahead of time you're going to be invisible. No, you wake up and you're invisible. Oh, I don't know. I ain't going. I ain't doing nothing. <laughs> I'm sick. <laughs> I got I got a new disease. <laughs> I'm going to the hospital. If I just wake up and okay. I'm invisible. You wake up. You have a note. Note says you're invisible for 24 hours. That means Congratulations. That, that means that there's an entity that right. can grant invisibility more consistently. But I need to find out what this is about. Exactly. But, so I got 24 hours. I woke up. Okay, so I got time to plan. I don't think I'm doing shit. Let's check. I'm just going to sit in here butt naked and play the game <laughs> like I would be doing <laughs> <laughs> otherwise. <laughs> I picked that. You see, I picked that for a reason. I see. Uh, all right. Here's another one. This is a pretty good one, too. If you knew you could not fail, what would you do? He'll rob a bank. <laughs> <laughs> and also like to rob a fucking bank. You know what? No. <laughs> I would I would erase every bit of debt everybody in the country yes, got. Nigga. Yes. I'm finna become a, a unnamed hero. Yeah. That'd be tight. That'd be tight. I don't know. Yeah, I I I just make my credit good. That's it. I really? It made my credit good. I don't know. I mean. If I knew I couldn't fail at something I was trying to do, 
if that means like starting a plan of that I'm trying to achieve and I wouldn't fail at it, I figure out how to become a hacker or contact the network of hackers or mm-hmm. something. At the end of the day, everybody loans is gone. Hmm. That'd be good. See, you you trying to help the everybody. Human race, that's good. I'm trying to help everybody, man. If I can do something that's gonna help everybody, I will. See, right. being butt naked and invisible is I'm limited. <laughs> I mean, you can, sometimes you gotta think about yourself, can't think about everybody all the time. That's right. how I look at it. That's what I'm so, doing. Everybody alone is gone. Let that happen. I don't know. Uh, that's a good question, though. What would I, if I couldn't fail, what would I do? Hmm, damn, that's that's a hard one. I said fix my credit. I mean, make my make sure my credit good, but I don't think I do that. I don't know. But are you making sure your credit good by doing everything it takes to do so, or are you <laughs> going to manipulate some systems <laughs> in which your credit can be good in like a of matter of minutes? Of course, it's legal means. Legal <laughs> means no illegal okay, means. Good, good, be, good. Yeah, no, I'm like, <laughs> if you ain't cheating, you ain't trying. Yeah, don't. I don't want you to be <laughs> Sister Mary over here while I'm trying to be a hacker. No, don't you? No, brother, brother Marvin. <laughs> <laughs> What's the male version of Sister Mary? I guess Whatever. it would be brother boy. Look, okay, last one. This is a pretty good one too. Here's the thing: Would you rather be rich and ugly, or poor and beautiful? Shit, can I be in the middle? <laughs> that like more reflects reality, I guess. <laughs> For me, I'm like, how ugly am I? Or how beautiful am I? Am I ugly enough that like nobody wanna fuck with me? And I still got all this money? Am I beautiful enough when somebody give me a break and say, hey, you could be a male model? I don't think that there's a such thing as a level of ugly that people won't mess with you if you got money. Oh no. My cause. question is how rich am I? Am I rich where I could become broke? Or am I rich where I'm going to be rich and my kids going to be rich? <laughs> That's what I need to know. If it, am I a hamburger away from <laughs> going broke? Exactly. Am yeah. I a bad investment away from having to go live in Inslee? <laughs> I need to know that before I can answer this question. And how poor am I to be? Like, I grew up poor. Yeah. I grew up bologna sandwich and spam poor. Right. You know, right. is, it, is it worse than that? Is it third world country poor? Or some I shit? mean, but you're beautiful. Yes, that's what I'm looking at. Yeah. When I think of when people give me questions like that, I always think of the extreme. Like I'm like washing my ass with like Brillo pads and shit. No, poor, rich and ugly, rich and ugly. Yeah, my level of poverty when I was growing up wasn't cool to me. So anything worse than that shit? <laughs> if you going through that, I commend you. I know that's true, and you're beautiful. But that's what I'm saying. Am I, am I rich enough to say, hey, I can get my, I can get this work done, and then it look good? Well, I'm out to the point where I'm unfixable. Like, am I Elephant Man ugly? You ever seen the Elephant Man? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Am I that? Cause if I can't be fixed that way, shit. If Elephant Man was, uh, if Elephant Man was a unreasonable measure of rich, he'll be hitting some cheeks. I don't think so. From the back, I think some women. Well, but yeah, some women don't have morals. From the back, but nonetheless, <laughs> he'll be hitting the cheeks. I don't know. That's I mean, how. That's why I want to know what the extreme of ugly I would be. It's interesting. 
These are interesting icebreakers. These are actually now you're gonna be you're gonna trip out. These are icebreakers for like first dates. <laughs> Who the fuck asking these questions on the first date? Oh man! Don't ask these questions on the first date, people. <laughs> oh shit! These are like I, these are first date questions. Well, my questions will be different if a woman asks me on the first date. I got to be noble. I can't be a criminal. I can't be a oh, criminal in none of my your, responses. Yeah, you got to put your good representative out Exactly. There. I can't be a criminal in none of my responses. But she a criminal, though. I guess it depends on how she responds. If she's a criminal, then I guess I can give my criminal answers. See? I can't be talking about helping all the children in the community <laughs> when she's talking about busting it wide open for the uh, sultan in damn Afghanistan or Iraq or wherever they got. That what they got over there? I don't know. Oh, me neither. I, I can only think of the word Sultan because of Aladdin. Aladdin. <laughs> 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 I, I like that movie too, by the way. That movie's awesome. I love I love Aladdin. See, but, first date. See? First date uh icebreakers. But uh I like those. Look, if y'all have any letters, y'all send them to us, y'all know where to do it at uh Facebook page, Conversation Con Artists. Um Conversation con artist at gmail.com. Uh, anything you want to give input on, any questions you want to ask, any input you want to give. Hey, uh, on point. When's the live show? I don't know. <laughs> I'm sorry, y'all. That's all I got. Apologies. That's all I got for you. Uh, me and Red got to collaborate. I, I, I always ask that. <laughs> the collaboration like, hey, time. When's the live show? Trying to make sure I support. <laughs> Trying to support it. We got to do it when. A number of people can watch. Most of the people that come in to watch be people that just on our Facebook that don't really even be fooling with the show like that. Mm -hmm. uh, but they comment and, you know, we have some people who watch the show The Clone. Try to do it when Michael can be available. Yeah. yeah. But speaking of Michael, Michael did send us a, a, a message. And it was a picture of him at a restaurant. With a menu. Went Cracker Barrel, was it? It went Cracker Barrel. Thank God. Don't do yourself like that, Michael. I don't know where he sent it to now. I'm looking for it. But he said, I'm laughing my ass off at this menu because at the top where the entrees was, it just said meats. <laughs> it got him by surprise. <laughs> you never know when it's coming. <laughs> Only you would make that word what it is today that's what rebranding look like man <laughs> is that what that is yeah only you would do that <laughs> but i thought you... it was genius when i heard it i was like this man's a genius <laughs> meats. meats who would have thought who would have thunk it who would have thunk it see so i i i completely felt like that was the the greatest uh thing ever happened in my life when I figured out I can use the word meats. Exactly, man. You you had that shit in plain sight. I know. You have all kind of crazy conversations. I know. With general ass <laughs> words that nobody connects with stuff. It's kind of like the alt-right is doing with words and shit, except right. it's absolutely meaningless. Like it ain't about a whole genre of creating secret ways to be racist. Right. Wow. It just means nothing. It's just... I'm talking about my penis when I say meat. Meats. Meats. Multiple penises. Mm -mm. Meats is just your penis. Hmm. 
I thought Meats was just your penis. Mm-mm. Mm. I think the first time I used it, me and Red was having a conversation about uh, <laughs> we had Anthony Anderson. We was talking about Anthony Anderson. <laughs> yeah. And, and I said mama. that I we was talking about whether we're going to talk to our kids about sex. Right. And she said, absolutely not. Not talking to my kid about sex. And she said, so you're going to talk to your kid about sex? And I said, well, I'm not going to act like that my daughter ain't going to have some meats in her face across right. a lifetime. Right. That's important. I think that's the first time I used it. And it was awesome. I remember that. And I, I still hold that perspective, too. What? That your kids need to learn about sex. Yeah, from you. Yeah. Not because if they don't learn about it from you, they're gonna learn about it from the kids that walked in on their mom and daddy, or the kids that invite them down to the locker room. Yeah, <laughs> the Sanduskies, <laughs> the little Sanduskies. Like we don't want we don't you want to learn that. that like that way. That's man. a bad way to learn. Yeah, like let me just tell you, I don't, I never really understood why why not have the. It's a it's a it's somebody I work with that's that's like that. Like I'm not gonna have that conversation with my son. Like why not? He's he needs to know. Well, sex is taboo in our society, and then when you consider we in the Bible Belt, they think that educating people about sex equates to condoning it. Yeah, but that's the you know what? That's the good part of having a conversation because you control the words that come out of your mouth. So you can put disclaimer. I'm not condoning you to do this, but I want you to learn what it is. Did Just you saying. know that there are people? Women and men who believe, like, because the Bible never talk about, like, anal sex, there are women who will have anal sex with they dudes, but not vaginal sex. And still consider themselves a virgin? Yeah. Technically, on paper, they still a virgin. But I guess it depends <laughs> on if you consider the whole act of that uh, intimate interaction with a man mm -hmm. a big part of sex, or if merely penetration itself is such. Oh my through gosh. the vaginal cavity you know what i'm saying yeah but that's what happens when you don't have a conversation about what it is right what it's not that's what happened you you let when you leave a child to interpret anything without controlling the dialogue they're gonna get it wrong most of the time right 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 and sex is one of those things that we naturally have a propensity for as a species mm -hmm. so at some point they're gonna feel they self they're gonna feel their bodies they're gonna I just don't want my kid to learn from like his homeboy, or his home, her homegirl. You know what I'm saying? Like, I want to be the one to say, "Hey, this is what it is. This is how things happen." I, I would hope that my see. That's the thing too. Like my coworker was like, you know, let the let my let his daddy talk to him about. It. I was like, no, he need to know both sides. I, that's how I feel. A lot of people don't feel that way. I feel like if you're going to talk to your kid about sex and if you have that type of relationship with your baby father or whatever, you know, hopefully when I have that conversation with my kids, you know, I'm still with my, you know, I got a wife and we going to talk about it. But I just feel like kids, whether they're a boy or a girl, should know both sides of sex. They should know the male perspective and the female perspective because it's 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 two dynamics there. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It's nothing you can do about your kid being spoken to by a whole bunch of other kids about sex. Right. And it be wrong. Right. You know, but what I want is I want for my kids' knowledge to be so profound from what I communicated with them 
when they friends bring up bullshit, I want to be like, nah, that ain't right. Yeah. I want them to say, nah, my daddy. I tell. Let me tell y'all what what how it really is. Right. I want my kid to be educating them formally and appropriately. Right. I don't want my kid to be like, is my daddy wrong? I want him to be like, nah, that ain't right. Y'all right. wrong. Right. My daddy know what he's talking about. Right. Like that's how that's how much I want my child to believe what I say. And not because he's supposed to believe it because I'm his daddy, but, but because... But it's a respect thing. Exactly. I built up the relationship. I built up the respect. I built up the trust that he know that what I'm telling him is at least 100% what I believe. Right. You know what I'm saying? And I don't like it when kids feel like they, they can't say that their parents are wrong out of fear because that ain't right. You know what I'm saying? Like Exactly. That ain't right, man. Like, you want your kids to say, my, my dad and my mom is right because they respect you and you've... Treated them as such. You treat them yeah. as accordingly. So it shouldn't even be a. You know what I'm saying? Like it just. I don't. I don't like that. Like I hate. Just don't rule out a fear in your household. A lot of people feel like that's the best way to do it. But uh, you know, I don't have any kids. Sorry, yeah. but. Likewise, but it's a lot of parents that consider a child that challenges them as being disrespectful, mm-hmm. even though it may be a legitimate challenge. You know, I feel like. It's okay to let your kids call you out on your bullshit if it's indeed bullshit. Yeah. If you have one standard today and another standard tomorrow and your kid call it out, I think it is beneficial for them to have an understanding of why the inconsistency. Because consistency got to be important. Mm-hmm. If your job, like, the way I look at parenting is uh, the same way I look at it as a supervisor and employer relationship. If your supervisor came in with one set of rules on one day and another set of rules on another day, mm-hmm. At some point, somebody got to hone in on what the exact rules are. Right. You know, and if you as an employee don't ever do it, you're going to be dealing with bullshit, shifting, changing rules all the time. Mm-hmm. And that's not going to be conducive to a positive work environment. Mm-hmm. Same way with parenting and children. At some point, it won't be conducive to a positive uh, home environment for that child, especially if the parent is sitting there willing to pull the, um, you being disrespectful because you questioning or challenging right. or asking or saying something I don't like. And there's a big difference between a kid being disrespectful, you know, talking back and a kid challenging some bullshit that you done put out there. Like, I don't think some people don't know the difference. And I think that just comes from old school parenting of how they was raised. But it's a difference. It's a difference between a kid being disrespectful and saying some disrespectful ass shit and a kid being like, well, you didn't say that yesterday. Exactly, like how they say it is. But another thing is how they say it is normally going to be come from how they seen you say stuff to people. Mm-hmm. You know, so I don't know when people stop realizing that kids are a mini version of you. Whether you want to believe that or not, like that's that's basically what it is. Like that's the miniature version of who you are, with some sprinkle with some other person's genes sprinkled in. You get what yeah. I'm saying? I don't know. I don't think people understand that. A lot of people don't raise their kids on purpose. A lot of people raise their kids as just like accessories, just there because they got to be. Raising a kid, you pretty much got to change. If you want to raise your kid on purpose, you got to change your existence. You got to change how you think. You got to change your impulses. You know, Mm -hmm. you got to change how you talk to the people in the world around them. You got to change how you act and how you behave mm-hmm. you know physically because your child is watching you they listening to you mm-hmm. they doing all of that stuff and that's raising your kid on purpose a lot of people don't 
change how they talk. They have a crazy conversation with their best friend and their kid in the room. Mm-hmm. You know, that's that's what I consider your kid being in your life as an accessory. And that was a cool thing about my aunt. My aunt, when she used to have conversations with her friends and shit like that, she used to be like, you need to go to your room. You know what I'm saying? Like, grown folks talking now. You know what I'm saying? Like, she used to have that type. She didn't want me to hear it. You know what I'm saying? The type of stuff that she was talking about because it wasn't made for me. And I think now people are so open and free and being like, oh, well, that's fine. I'm just going to say this around my kid. I'm like, you know, they pick up on shit, right? So, I, and me, I, I don't plan on framing it like this grown folks talking. You know what I'm saying? I would frame it more like, you know, I'm trying to have some personal time. These are my boundaries. Mm-hmm. Everybody gets to have boundaries. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I want to frame it like that, that being a grown up is supposed to be this, like, hierarchical shift mm-hmm. upward to where I got all the power and you don't. I mean, clearly that's the case, but when you say it, it's different. But see, I ain't never looked at it like that. When I was younger, I looked at it as like, she is some shit that she don't want me to hear. But well, not every kid. I know not every kid's the same, but I always was like, oh, she finna, she finna cuss and, you know yeah. what I'm saying? She finna have, she finna gossip. And, and I want to say that because I work with a lot of families who have that mentality. It's, right. it's really about, it, I call it parental entitlement. It's just they parents and they get to call the shots however they want to call them, whenever they want to call them at the cost mm-hmm. of what normally would be considered respect. Right. At the cost of what normally would be considered just generally you know, acting in good faith with another person. Mm-hmm. But they act crazy with their kids because that's my kid. I can do what I want to do. I can say what I want to say. I can, right. You can't tell me what to do with my kid. You can. can't. And that me. don't always work. I mean, true, <laughs> but that don't always work out in your favor. Right. Well, believe you me, the uh, <laughs> the actions that happen after the, after those kind of conversations are going to happen ridiculous. Uh, you know, it's, I don't know, some people are weird. <laughs> so the first thing I wanted to talk about Kavanaugh last week we had a whole little breakdown about what was going on with the Kavanaugh situation I listened to that. and he was uh, he was confirmed now I just got some thoughts about that it uh it's unfortunate that they put Dr. Ford which is the woman who allegated those uh that assault against him mm-hmm. or misconduct or whatever you want to call it. I thought it was assault. I think it was assault. Well, it just, I mean, they've been calling it all kind of different things just because this ain't yeah. a, uh, this ain't a court of law. So it's kind of just allegations. So mm-hmm. people have been framing it however they want to frame it. I just hate they put her through a whole charade and at the end of the day said that she was credible and they believed her and they still confirmed him, which means and the way that they've been saying it is like, her story is credible. We believe something happened to her, but we don't believe it was Brett Kavanaugh, mm-hmm. which is the definition of not believing her. They right. say they believe what she said, but you can't isolate out the person she said it was and say you believed her. Mm-hmm. That means you don't believe her. And they don't respect her. Now, they, they go out and say the Democrats didn't respect how they dealt with this, dealt with this situation. But to me, that's neither here nor there. But it sent a bad message to women. Because we already have a society where women do not speak out about sexual assault. And now you have a credible woman who has had a successful life and a successful career mm-hmm. doing what she wants to do, who is very educated, who told her, her story very credibly. Mm-hmm. And they chose not to listen to her. So what hope does any other woman that have any less credentials, 
you know, have. None. So it sends a message to them that they should just continue to suppress their abuse because who is going to believe it? Um, and on one side, yeah, maybe you don't just believe somebody right off if you want to mm-hmm. go with that. I mean, I feel like you should in a lot of these instances mm-hmm. because it's not like a lot of fake allegations out there. Right. It's a lot of what men consider fake allegations because they don't feel like what happened was the situation. Mm-hmm. Like Donald Trump saying all of those women are lying don't mean he didn't interact with them. He means from his narcissistic perspective that they wanted it, they was okay with it. Did it. You know? Mm-hmm. Um, and that's different than, uh, than nothing happened right. at all because you weren't there in the room. Right. It's not like women are coming out here saying, hey, Mr. On Point tried to touch me inappropriately, and I was never in the same room with her. I never touched her intimately. This is only happening to men who did have some kind of interaction with that person. Now, we can have a conversation about whether that was the intended effect of his behavior, if it was malicious or if it was accidental, Mm -hmm. but we can't do that without the proper investigation, and that's what they didn't give her in this situation. But that's the thing, man. Like, it was going to be an investigation, then they said no, and then it was like... Then they did an investigation. Yeah, but... But the White House limited it. They said you can't talk to any of the other two alligators after her right you can't talk to anybody outside of the people that they named right right which uh <laughs> brett kavanaugh's roommate from college went to cnn to mm-hmm. pretty much talk about how drunk he was right but you know this is what also made it look like they was just trying to find something they was throwing shit trying to make it stick because what happened was Democrats didn't like Kavanaugh as the nominee anyway. Mm -hmm. This woman came out and said he had some sexual assaults in June. June. They didn't bring it up until he was almost confirmed to shake it up that quick. Now, I don't know if that was a plot or I don't know if she did that because Dr. Ford told her don't release that. Don't put my name on it. Hmm. The only reason she released it is because when they found out what school she teaches at, right. they found out what town that they both were from. It was just a matter of time before they whittled it down to who it actually was. Mm-hmm. When they started coming to question her at her house, that's when she communicated, we're going to have to get this stuff out then. Right. You know, but Democrats and uh, Republicans are making it seem like that was a strategic plot Trying to amongst keep the Democrats. Yeah. And it could have been, but there's no... That wasn't smart, though. Well... <laughs> them waiting... So waiting so long was bad you know what i'm saying why do you think so because uh, uh, because it looks exactly like you just explained it looks like it's like oh we're just gonna wait and just drop it on him when it's almost close to time for him to be put in the, you know what i'm saying put in the supreme court but role i don't think it make a difference I, if, if i mean it does if republicans were going to take the allegation seriously it wouldn't matter when this information got dropped if they would have dropped it in june they either would or wouldn't have believed it if they would have dropped it to, to yesterday. They either would or wouldn't have believed it. It won't don't make a difference because the allegations ain't connected to the Democratic Party. Right. Neil Gorsuch didn't have a bunch of people coming out saying, "Hey, uh, Neil Gorsuch touched me." Like they make it seem like Democrats went and found a woman right. that was from his childhood and got her to do this shit. That's that's how they're trying to make it seem, but that's a part of it. 
So then, now that the allegations are out, mm-hmm. it's not so much about whether it's true or false because we can't find that out. Now it's about he did this while he was drinking. And so now we got to figure out if he's actually a blackout drunk. Right. You know, which to the Republicans was just another thing they was trying to throw the stick. But from my perspective, if it's possible that he did some stuff that he don't remember when he was blackout drunk, Mm -hmm. it's plausible that he did. Right. And Republicans know that. And so it's in their best interest not to have an investigation Mm -hmm. that would lead to discovering that he is a blackout drunk when he get drunk, you know? And he don't remember some of his nights because he he drank a lot. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't... So, but I don't like the messages in. This is just a big circus, though. And then for the end result for him to go ahead and just... He's Supreme Court Justice. It's like... Was it worth it now? And if I, if I was a woman, that's what I'm thinking. Like, was this even really worth me even doing it for you know what i'm saying like yeah. it's not it doesn't bid well as far as like the woman i'm not a woman but you know what i'm saying if i yeah. was a woman you know i'm a man thinking like a woman but i'm like man was this even worth it now so i really don't think it's gonna be that bad uh these are some of my thoughts about the results is is in terms of what what it does for the country i think that one, Republicans are going to have this false sense of security because they got a lot of what they want. They got a lot of what Donald Trump said he's going to do, and I think that they really content. And when your party is content, you don't tend to come out and vote. Opposed to the Democratic Party, who has been fired up to go vote because mm-hmm. of a lot of shit that's been happening mm-hmm. in their extremes mm-hmm. against what the core ideals of the Democratic Party is. Right. So I think what that means is that it's very possible that the Senate is going to lose enough seats for the Democrats to take over the Senate and potentially the House. We don't know. I don't think it was really a possibility of them taking the House, but mm-hmm. this might have boosted it enough for that I to mean, happen. I mean, I think, you know, we were kind of talking about this before we started recording. Like, I think now, the, the I think a lot of women voters are going to come out in droves to get this Let's get some Democrats in there. It's gonna shift a lot of independence. Cause that this, I mean, this was major, man. This was like a big deal. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And and, and uh, even if I don't think it's gonna turn, it ain't definitely ain't gonna turn Republican women liberal. But Republican women that have had experiences that have been triggered through this, mm-hmm. I think they, if their senators supported Kavanaugh, mm-hmm. I think they may lose that one red vote, even if it's just leaving it blank. Right. You know? Which is just as bad as voting for the other guys. It could be, but it helps the other party. That's what I'm saying. Like, I'm saying... It It hurts your party. It hurts the Republicans. Yeah. You know, instead... You know, they might not be voting for the Democrats, but that's still... That's a vote you don't get. Right. That's That non-vote is just like, well, (laughs) you know. Yeah. So... That's that's my first thought. My second thought is there are some Ted Kennedy was a Republican. He mm-hmm. was a more moderate Republican. Mm-hmm. But I think that one thing he was was a Supreme Court fundamentalist, which means that he understood that the value of the Supreme Court was having that objective party 
represent keeping balance in the Supreme Court, mm-hmm. not necessarily stacking it so that one side can get all the shit they want put together. Mm-hmm. It's my perspective that in order to respect democracy, you have to accept that your side ain't going to win and right. you got to play ball with the other side. You're not going to always get what you want, but sometimes it can change legislation. Now, that's way more difficult in how polarized our uh, polarized and partisan our political system has become now, mm-hmm. mainly from gerrymandering, maybe from may, mainly from filibustering. Mm-hmm. If you want to get into a whole bunch of polit- political <laughs> reasons why it's become that way, we can go into it at some point. Mm-hmm. But it's hard to do that now. But what's what's been hypothesized is that there are some other Supreme Court fundamentalists that may be more conservative and vote conservatively that may shift their votes now that Kavanaugh has come in to shift the Supreme Court in that certain direction. But doesn't that make sense? It makes sense. Absolutely. You get what I'm saying? Like that makes complete and because you're not you're not interested in my what I'm what's going on with me or my needs or anything, my thoughts. So of course I'm gonna shift. I mean it just it makes sense to do that. But but that's only but one of the biggest criticisms of Kavanaugh when he had his hearing was not his emotional state, not what he said about drinking, but it was the fact that he came out and said this is a political hit job by the Democrats, <laughs> uh the Clintons mm-hmm. and people who don't like what the the Republican Party that is an extremely partisan way of looking at what happened. Mm-hmm. How can somebody who is and he said that's gonna be you know, damage for years to come, make, right. making it seem like he was going to get his revenge back. So somebody like Kavanaugh, who is that extreme of a partisan, yeah, it's going to force somebody else to have to be more, more moderate. Mm-hmm. If they believe that the system is a system that should be objective. Mm-hmm. And I believe that most of those Supreme court justices would believe that. I believe that most of them will believe that we need an objective system. So if he come in there saying, hey, Republican in the house with a mega hat on, then they're going to have to change how they interact with the Supreme Court. Unless unless I'm wrong and the Supreme Court is a group of partisan individuals that are only balanced by each other. I'm not sure if that's the case. Colin, I would love your input on that. That, Yeah, that's actually a pretty good – That's. I'd like to know, understand a little bit better about that too. So, uh, Colin, I'm gonna ask this question to you for, because uh, because of your legal background. From your perspective, do you think that the Supreme Court is a group of uh, balance-based fundamentalists who all, in some degree, believe in balance and they all try to maintain balance? Or is the Supreme Court a group full of partisan individuals that are mainly only balanced by each other and one individual that typically swings? It's be interesting to know that. My other thought hmm. is that, uh, or my other thought from this is that if this does empower the Senate to be taken over by blue, the House to be taken over by blue, and if this is indeed enough to bring a blue president in 2020, then we still got a few justices that are anticipated to relinquish their seats in that time period. Mm-hmm. Ruth Bader, uh, Ruth Ginsburg, Bit, she's yeah. one of them, I think, and another one. So it's very possible that those justices will be replaced by 
if politics and Marines is partisan as it is, even farther liberal politicians. So hmm. I think it's possibility if our country keeps shifting back and forth for the balance to somewhat be maintained. But I hope that's the case. I would really like for a balance to to be maintained. <laughs> like it would it would just feel a little bit better. But I mean, I don't know, man. It's it's such right now everything so at this point in the 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 Trump's presidency, everything is so so weird. I don't know if weird is a good word. I don't think I've been seen a lot of so much stuff as I've in other presidents. I mean, even when Bush was in office, I don't really think it's it was like this. This has been a very strange ride so far, and we just two years in. I don't, I don't know if I can objectively say that because this is the first time that I've been this involved in politics. Mm-hmm. Uh, I voted for President Obama both times. Mm-hmm. I was not into politics when I voted for him the first time. I called my grandma and said what to do. <laughs> and she said, vote for Obama. <laughs> and the next time, I was more informed about it, mainly through the amount of hatred that he was getting. It mm-hmm. forced me to read articles about why people were mad. Mm-hmm. And so my next vote for President Obama was more informed. Mm-hmm. But uh, but this is the first time I've been so embedded in politics and knew everybody's platform and mm-hmm. watched the debates and watch the primaries to see where my values stand at in, in comparison with some of these people. Mm-hmm. It's the first time it's been at that level. So I don't know if I can compare my political knowledge with those other times because I ain't wasn't really giving a damn back then. Yeah. And see, the thing is, like, I turned down how closely I follow politics because I just got tired of, like, I don't know, the witch hunts for this dude man is just like it's it's kind of just nerve wracking and I, I I'm more I'm I'd rather just kind of turn my brain down on certain pol- political things just cause man like I don't know who's telling the truth anymore you know what I'm saying uh-huh. like everybody comes from so many different directions when it comes to this presidency and 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 the people in the, in the in the cabinets and the house and the senate and all this other stuff it's just it's a lot and it's like we're in a time now where and I've, I've said this multiple times we're in a time now where it's just like you know like everything to me seems like clickbait like these brash headlines but then the the stuff that follows behind those headlines is like nothing minimal they haven't researched or it's just they're just throwing some stuff out there. Think pieces. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? And it's like... From people that don't think very much. Right. And we're not getting any of the meat. We're not getting the meat of of what we used to back in the day when it came to politics. So, you know. Yeah. It's just, uh, you know, I just, it got to a point where I was just like, I just need to turn tone it down because I don't, I don't know where, where... And this is even through the Obama era. You know what I'm saying? Like, it just felt like a lot of shit was just coming out there. And it was witch hunting him, too. So, yeah. It's like, you know, I had to turn turn the politics stuff, the political stuff down. So. so, from that, I think it's important to talk about some of the things that going into the midterms 
we're going to have to hold the people that we vote for accountable to. Okay. And it's a list of nine items that I feel like we, we should talk about. Okay. The first one is now. gun violence and gun reform. Now, the way that Republicans have framed gun violence or gun reform, they have made it just taboo to say it because they make you believe that it means that something is going to be taken away from you. Yeah, they're going to take our guns. Yeah. They're going to take our guns away. For those of you listening that may be strong gun advocates, just consider that Republicans won't even allow CDC data to be collected on gun violence. Mm -hmm. So imagine every time somebody die, they did research on what type of bullets were more deadly, what areas that the bullets hit in that are more critical, Mm -hmm. you know, which guns put out certain kind of output. They can't do that kind of research. So even if that research can be collected so that person buying types of bullets and types of guns could be more informed, you know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. From a evidence-based perspective, not just a, uh, a salesman based perspective. Mm -hmm. That'll be helpful. Like gun reform don't have to mean we take your guns away. It could just mean, well, let's start collecting data. But I mean, it's better for me to advertise it that way. So people can actually start voting towards what I, what I want them to vote for. That's what I'm saying. And that's why I'm trying to like, is the one of the biggest tricks in politics ever. Yeah. And they good at it. Mm -hmm. The core, the core issues ain't what the dialogue is. Right. You know, they trying to take your guns away. They'll never take your guns away. Okay. And I've always said that. There's no way in hell they'll be able to take away our guns. They won't. I'm a gun. I, I own a gun. And I I mean I do it for protection purposes. I want to protect my home. And that's it. I don't I don't open carry or none of that other shit. But I'm going to protect I'm going to protect my household. Period. But but you know, gun reform could also just mean a stronger educating of of gun, you know, which is needed use. You know what I'm saying? You know, not just depending on your family to teach you how to do it, but what if there were bigger systems that taught you know young people the importance of guns and gun safety? Mm-hmm. You know, like it don't have to be that extreme. It's so many different ways you can figure out, and then consider that. African-American community, Latino community are underarmed communities, Mm -hmm. you know, from other systemic reasons of being able to acquire firearms, Mm -hmm. you know. So it's it's a lot of stuff to tackle in this dialogue. Find out where you sit in that dialogue. You can't just be happy because you got your gun. You don't want your gun taken away. Let's think about what having guns means for greater society. Let's think about, like, the shooting that happened at Huffman. The reason the kid shot that girl is because he didn't have any trigger discipline. Yeah, yeah he didn't know nothing He had about no guns. idea. And so I become a stronger advocate for supporting, teaching black kids gun safety. White people do that for their kids. We need to do it for our kids, you know, if, if that's going to be the case. Not, not to say you should carry your guns and have your guns, but... At least so, if your kid gonna be a goon out here, he don't kill people by accident. Damn, at least let him kill the people he wanna kill. <laughs> That's gooning one on one. I know, right? <laughs> I mean, nah, a lot of you know, you know, in our community though, when when somebody says something like that, the first thing is, oh, that's white folks shit. No, that's people living shit. Like, it's more to it than that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I think sometimes in our community, I wish we was a lot more open minded for. For things as far as like educating us outside of our books like we got to know 
a lot more. <laughs> two things we need more education. We two things that, that we always want to be uh, on top of the law <laughs> and what and passing in school. You know what I'm saying? Like we gotta we gotta educate ourselves more than that. So I agree, man. In our community, we need we really need more. Um, you know what I'm saying? More education on guns. But also as it pertains to gun um, reform. Uh, sometimes it don't have anything to do with guns. Sometimes it just means supporting grassroots or- organizations that uh, already have measures of intervention or youth groups or providing other opportunities for kids. So reform is encapsulates a whole bunch of shit, not just they're going to take your guns away. So consider that in, in who you vote for and what they're saying. If you're a black post- person that truly support uh, gun rights, in, in no way is my dialogue about you supporting the person who want to reform that. Support what you believe in. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And sometimes if the person that you support support 90% of you got and the 10% not, and the other 10% is not something that you agree with, that's something that you got to decide how you going to vote with that. Mm-hmm. I can't, I can tell, I could tell you, shit, just, just 10%, vote for the rest of it. Mm-hmm. But what if that 10% thing is the most important thing in your life. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. The next one is criminal justice reform. We don't have to go deeply into that. We already know what that but is. But all the bad things that happen in the world are overrepresented in black numbers. Mm-hmm. We experience most of the bullshit that happened to anybody more than everybody. Mm-hmm. Um, um, for, for, for gun violence... <laughs> we get we get more we get killed more than anybody else. Yeah. For uh, criminal justice, we get apprehended, we get pulled over more, apprehended more, and more sentence. time, uh, and less opportunities at parole than any of our counterparts. Uh, number three, voting rights and voter suppression. Um, what Birmingham did is Birmingham stopped accepting house housing id for elderly people to be able to vote basically if you lived in like a housing community or something that you have to have an id for that Mm -hmm. now from my understanding the purpose of having an id is just so somebody can acknowledge who you are so if your picture is on it your name is next to it and Mm -hmm. it's you the one with the picture with the name next to it giving you a thing and your name is on a piece of paper that should be enough Mm -hmm. but they no they said you can't use no other form of recognizing and identifying yourself outside of actual IDs that we say you can have Mm -hmm. from the state issues. Mm -hmm. And then Governor Bentley proceeded to close down all of the satellite uh, places. They did this like three years ago, I want to say. They closed down all of them satellite places where you can go. They closed the one in Homewood, near where you live, over there across from the post office. They closed all them places where you could go get ID. And so that turned people. A lot of they people did do that. I just thought I, was, I had to think about it because it was a, for it the was, one downtown and the one in Bessemer. It was a big stink about it. Yeah, people are a ton of people lost. I had to think, man. I was going back because uh, people lost their jobs. Like it was very inconvenient for a lot of elderly people. They was thinking, of, oh yeah, they yeah that was that was a part of voter suppression. That was a part of okay. So the people who are less likely to have IDs are brown people. Be, so yeah. let's change the IDs that they can use, mm-hmm. and then let's close down the places that's convenient to them to get to where we're telling them they have to go to mm-hmm. in order to get those IDs to be able to vote. 
So, and that's what happened. Mm -hmm. And that's happened all around red states. Mm -hmm. So voter suppression is a big deal, you know? And mm -hmm. then some of these churches, which the voting is held at white churches around here, were turning people away saying, uh, no, there's something wrong with your ID. Yeah. Just don't look like you. Your hairstyle different. You, you know? got on glasses. Yeah, that was happening. So that's something else to hold the people that you vote for accountable for if you vote for them for that reason. Economic parity. Um, pulling yourself up by your bootstraps ain't ain't possible. You can't get yourself out of quicksand, bro. You know what I'm saying? It's Who came up with that? Damn. Who came up with that saying? I'm pretty sure it's some old ass 1930s shit where they used to have more straps on boots. I still don't understand what that means sometimes. I don't know. Like, pull yourself up by your bootstraps. Then I can't walk. Exactly. Like, <laughs> am I pulling my whole legs up or. I don't know. But. You can't get yourself out of quicksand. Right. And quicksand, by its nature, was designed for... It wasn't designed, but, you know, it came to be... The essence of it came to be that you can't get yourself out of it. It's going to kill your ass right. if somebody don't pull you up out of it. So we can say that the society that we live in was designed for a certain group of people in America. And if you're not that group, it wasn't designed for you to be able to pull yourself up out of it. Mm -hmm. Capitalism wasn't made for everybody and it hadn't benefited everybody, you know, because it's a lot of components of capitalism that take a white person making a decision since this is a mostly a white system. Mm -hmm. And so if they tell a black person, no, you know, that's, there's nothing that that black person can do. Right. So it hadn't always helped everybody. And so, focusing on how to balance out that scale in terms of what, what the majority group got versus what brown groups got. Mm -hmm. Healthcare is another one. Um, you know, well, That's kind of low on the list. Uh, I mean, I really think all of these are equal. No. And I think everybody going to have different levels of them. If you got lupus, clearly healthcare going to be number one mm. for you. If your child was killed by gun violence, then clearly gun violence is going to be number one for you. You know, I think that all of these different things are just going to be the top. They're going to have their own scale of what's important, important. for a person. Mm -hmm. And I think that they're going to have all of these are equal, but whatever's important to you is what, what goes down. Right. Um, education, college affordability, you know. I would say that's number one for me, but I already finished college. They're going to have to go retroactively do something about these loans for me to be <laughs> valuing <laughs> this happen. system. That ain't going to happen anytime soon. They want their money. But I read an article that talked about the founding fathers not being people who would have supported all of these damn, all the money that these loan people are making from hiking up the prices from, from the citizens. It's just mm -hmm. not helping kids. It's kids. They're taking advantage of kids at a point where they don't have a lot of financial knowledge and they making decisions that's going to impact them for the next 35 years. But they're changing that because now it seems like, uh, I mean, not, not any schools here in this state that I know of, but in other states, they're actually, uh, they have classes for financial, they have financial education classes where you learn about different things like interest rates and checking checks and, and, you know, what your money's doing and, and so on and so forth. So there are some places that's trying to change uh, a lot of uh, young people understanding about finances and stuff like that. They and I'm saying understanding finances means when you do get a loan for your college, you understand interest rates, you understand 
the payback stuff default you know what i'm saying like they need these types of classes in yeah. school for them to be able to go forward and and see if i do need to get a loan or something like that so but what i can verify is that they don't have that at jo which is the black school right they don't have it at parker which I don't even know if, if the state of Alabama have those types of classes in in, in, in their curriculum in any schools. And, if, I mean, and and I don't even know if Hoover, the wealthy school, would have it because they mm-hmm. learned that from their parents. Right. So I, I don't know what that looks like. But I do know that if your politician that you vote for is running on that platform, this is another thing that you need to hold them accountable for mm-hmm. if it's important to you. The next one is climate change. Uh, black people are three times more likely to die of airborne pollution. And black children suffer twice the level of asthma with 10 times the level of asthmatic deaths. Damn. Now, that might be due to the lack of health care that comes with that population where a lot of kids, white and black, are suffering from airborne shit. Mm-hmm. But they can't. They got health care, you know, because but. In, in Inslee, where everybody broke, can't nobody make it to the hospital, so your kid just got a cough that turned into something that they can't get rid of. Yeah. So that's where climate change become important. We can't just keep fucking up the, society, the uh, air and the water. Talk about Flint. We can't keep fucking up shit because when you look at Flint, you ain't seen no pictures of no white kids in them hospitals and sick about to die. It's only pictures of the black kids. Now, I don't know if that's... Marketing tactic. I think that's marketing tactics because the uh, the the neighborhoods that Flint hit was a mixture of both. They was all just poor people. You know what I'm saying? I, I but the the na- you know what I'm saying the the places that they hit in Flint, man, it was it was a mixture of both. It was it was poor white folks and poor black folks in that whole situation. But a lot of time, I mean, what's going get you some money? You know what I'm saying? Oh, these these black kids. So, almost eight out of ten Black Americans live within thirty miles of a coal burning plant. Which, imagine if they was finna build a coal plant around Hoover, mm-hmm. what kind of shit was gonna happen? You see what happened with that uh, uh, XL pipeline mm-hmm. up in Wyoming? They rerouted that shit like four times before they decided to take it through an old Native American reservation because all the white cities said, "Nah, mm-hmm. y'all can't have this here," and it was important enough people there to say, "You can't do that," mm-hmm. you know. So they believe in the problems that it caused, but they okay if it don't cause their community problems. Of course. You know, so that's what makes what's going on at the EPA relevant to black experience. Mm-hmm. And that's what makes climate change something that as black people we can't ignore. Um LGBTQIA rights. Um black trans people face extreme rates of poverty. Um, now this is where we get in the conversation about intersectionality to where Wait, what did you just say? Intersectionality. Definition. You ever heard of that before? Definition. Now it's the spelling B. Okay. Definition, please. Intersectionality is where different oppressed groups intersect. So if you're black and gay, that's double whammy. If you're black, gay, and a woman, that's triple whammy. That's where you're oppressed as a black person, oppressed as a woman, <laughs> and oppressed damn. as a, uh, a member of the LGBT community. Right. So that's intersectionality. Think of what an intersection look like when you yeah. see it, it cross over. That's that little intersection right there. That's where all of your oppression shit, shit. pile up. That's, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, that's a lot. 
<laughs> it's always some new shit, man. It I, is. I mean, I'm, I'm just but like, I'm then, imagine, imagine a black um, person with a disability that is gay and a woman. You know what I'm saying? This person is having an issue with whether they can marry the person they love. They mm-hmm. have an issue with opportunities because of their skin color. Mm-hmm. They have an issue with being able to get around and get job opportunities because of of, of, of uh, the disability that they live with. Right. And all of those issues stack up. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And so, but from my perspective, like, as an oppressed group, we can't be okay with nobody else oppression. We can't be okay with nobody else oppression if we no. want somebody to take our oppression seriously. Yeah, okay. I had you to know, think about that one for a second. Yeah, you if right. you if you don't care about them other groups, that's fine. But you can't expect nobody to care about your shit, right? If you're oppressed and you don't care about other people that are oppressed, mm-hmm. so that's how that impacts the brown community in my perspective. Hmm. And uh, the last one is uh, cuts to social programs and safety nets. That go back to the pick yourself up by your bootstrap situation. And, you know, with Kavanaugh vote, what they want you to believe with Roe versus Wade is that Republicans support life. They support life in the most bare minimum (laughs) sense of supporting life. They support it's life right to be here. They don't support that life to have a decent time. Right. While here. They won't they'll get you here. But they won't support you having food stamps or welfare or Medicaid. You know, and then if the life that you lead is one of poverty and you didn't have a safety net because they didn't support the legislation that would build up some of that help for you mm-hmm. then if you turn a crime and you murder somebody they will support taking your life now exactly through the death penalty you know so that's an important part because social programs and safety net don't necessarily just mean giving folks money because that's but people think it think it does that's how they frame it that's that people really think that's that they... misdirection you was talking about they you mislead you into believing that it means we just giving you money away and you're entitled. Well, there's a lot of middle ground to just giving people money away, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but that's the last one, and I guess that can take us into one of your stories that is connected to what we're talking about now. Yeah, um, I actually. So. Um... I had a story about the Michigan food stamp beneficiaries having to do are going to have to work part-time jobs. So um, they're actually going to reinstate the requirements for food stamp beneficiaries uh, requiring able-bodied adults to work and uh, get training or volunteer 20 hours per week. Now, the work requirements were waived in 2002. and um, Did it tell why they were waived? Um, it was it, They were saying in light of high unemployment. Um, the the employ- unemployment rates were like really high, and um, but in recent months, it looks like you know what I'm saying the unemployment rates have, have have risen. So, you know what I'm saying they're looking to reinstate this thing. Um, it is it, for adults aged aged between 18 and 49, and 
they will have uh, that that if they don't have a disability, they need to get out and 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 like I said before, they either got to work a part time job or volunteer for twenty hours per week. And the requirements actually started October the first in Michigan. So, so tell me that again. They have to do how many hours per week? Twenty. Uh, they have to either work a part time job or either volunteer for twenty hours per week. Is there a financial limit on how much they make? Mm-mm. So they actually they actually just did that in Alabama within 2018 as well. Hmm. Now, it was smoke and mirrors. And see, I didn't even see that on TV. The only reason I know is because I work with Medicaid right. families. What they did was they they added a work requirement that said you have to work to get Medicaid, but they also said that we're not taking Medicaid away because you're working. Mm-hmm. What it says is that if you make over $3,000 per year working, you no longer qualify for Medicaid. So you have to have a job. And if you make over 3000 on that job, then your Medicaid be taken away. So I but, have to tell my employer that I can't make, like put me at bare minimum. On no, the- you, there is no job you can work that you work five to 10 hours a week that you won't make $3,000 on. Right. You know what I'm saying? If you make, well, maybe, maybe if you work five or 10 hours a week, but 15, 20 hours, if you work that much, you're going to make Mm $3,000. Well, let's calculate. Bear with me for a minute. So we have to look at minimum wage now. Let's see. Let's do 725. That's the bare minimum. Times uh, 20 hours per week equals uh, $145 uh, times 52 weeks. That's $7,540. So you that's 20 week. hours. You, If you work, so half of that is 10 hours. If you work 10 hours a week, you're going to make $3,000. <laughs> so Alabama kind of like said, we're not removing Medicaid from everybody. We add on a work requirement, but if you get a job, your ass ain't going to qualify for Medicaid. It, it's like it's how they are keeping face. They really being like conniving and right. underhanded with it, because I had a lot of parents calling me, talking to me about you know what that means for Medicaid. What does that mean for Medicaid? Is it just well? It I don't mean, mean here that, in the state. I'm I mean, gonna tell you really what it means. What it mean here in the state actually? Because like I said before, like this is for food stamp beneficiaries. I mean. You get what I'm saying? Like, yeah. when I'm coming from, oh, my angle is food stamp beneficiary. Yeah. The food stamp work requirement, that don't take into consideration that if a parent choose not to work, are you willing to allow children to go hungry? You know? I mean, where, where are we finding these jobs at? That's my question. Like, okay. But and then, like I said, you have to volunteer. Like I said, you the work requirement doesn't have re- require you to work 20 hours a week. It's only the volu- the volunteering. If you're going to volunteer, you have to you have to volunteer for 20 hours a week so that can still be. I saw a tweet the other day that spoke volumes to me. It wasn't a it was a tweet about a, a, a interview. It was this they were talking about minimum wage being fifteen dollars, mm-hmm. and a woman on on Fox News or one of them networks said, "Why stop it at fifteen dollars an hour? Why not make it a hundred thousand dollars an hour? 
you know, if if they can get paid whatever they want to get paid. And the person on the tweet said, it's crazy because Republicans look at $15 and $100,000 as the same, which is more than you deserve. Right. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, that shit's crazy because when you say we got a work requirement, but you can volunteer, that means we just want you to do something. Right. We don't want you to be self-sufficient. Right. We you just... don't have to get something that's going to make money to pull you out of this. We just want you doing some shit. Right. If you're going to get something from us. Yeah, you got to validate us giving you these food stamps. Exactly. And even if that means taking your ass out, picking up trash that you don't get paid for, mm. that don't provide I mean, any self-sustainability. Food stamps is your pay. Food stamps is your pay. You're going to volunteer? Here, here's your food stamp then. Here you See, go. That's just as bad as Republicans saying that Democrats um, just want to give money away. And they don't have no plan to create that self-sustainability mm -hmm. because their plan ain't creating self-sustainability and it's just taking shit away. Mm -hmm. You know, the Republicans could have a very, very strong platform of these are the kind of programs we're going to help y'all get on your feet while we take this away. But they only have the we're going to take this away. Figure that shit out yourself. Right. Because that's that message from capitalism. Again, there's nothing. What, what's out there for us? To, I mean, I didn't. I don't recall us having getting a big boom of jobs coming in all of a sudden. So where are the jobs coming from? You get what I'm saying? Yeah. I mean, they're even. I mean, look. I mean, think about it this way: they're even downgrading. They're even minimizing jobs at McDonald's. You know what I'm saying? We're at a point now where you go to McDonald's, you got a kiosk now. It's only skeleton crews now, and that's capitalism, and 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 Republicans ain't gonna question capitalism. They're not gonna say, "Hey, y'all need to make sure jobs are available." Why should we? But they're gonna keep telling. It works. They're gonna keep telling in a community that you need jobs, right? But nobody's making any. Nobody's making the opportunities for new jobs for people to get themselves out of these situations. Like again, like I said before, you know, when when it gets to a point where McDonald's is minimizing jobs. And they got kiosks. Have you been in the McDonald's here, uh, here lately? I I had to because I went to lunch, um, and one of my coworkers wanted me to pick up something from McDonald's, and I hate going through the drive-through McDonald's. It's just the worst. They never get your order right, especially the one where I'm at. So I actually went in there, and it was crazy because I walk in, go to this kiosk. There maybe there's maybe like two people probably running. The orders, but you go to this kiosk, you put in your order, you pay at the kiosk, you get this little ticket, take it up. Well, you don't even take it up there. You look up, there's a number, and they call your number, and that's it. It's cooks, somebody running the drive-through, and then there's there's usually three people up front, two people who are running the orders, and one person who's actually taking orders for people who don't know what the hell they're doing with the kiosk. And now they've gotten to the point where if you come up to there to try to order. They will kindly, that person will kindly take you to the kiosk and, and order the food at the kiosk for you. Mm. It's crazy. I don't like, I don't know if people understand that they're eliminating, it's just eliminating jobs, man. Like, kids need to know, have some type of work ethic. And I know a lot of people don't be like, I ain't finna work at McDonald's, but like, they're kids who actually need to make money for homecoming or for prom or for and like it ain't like their parents got money coming out they coming out the sky <laughs> you get what i'm saying so 
I just I just look at that type of stuff as like and limiting a source of income for certain types of people who need to have certain things. And it's just like, are you forcing us to go towards the the the, the, the way of food stamps? Which is, you know, it, it, or government assistance, I should say. And if you, if, if I mean, <laughs> how are we going to get this shit if you're going to start putting these types of stipulations on that? You get what I mean? Am I making sense? Or yeah, I, yeah, yeah. It makes sense. But it's like, yeah, that's one of them situations where you're at an impasse because you tell people to get more jobs, but you know that the jobs are leaving your community. It, what's the new message now? They just keep saying the same shit over and over again, knowing that it's not a realistic solution. Right. Um. Anyway, I have no idea what to do about this shit. Yeah. Go to a McDonald's. Just randomly, get, just get a milkshake from McDonald's and uh, see how that shit works, and just let it blow your mind for a second. Blew my mind. So, Bette Midler. Ooh. You know who that is? Yes. She, she is an actress. Yeah, she played. Slash singer. She used to sing. She's sung before. She's put out albums. She played in Hocus Pocus. Yeah. She put out albums? I didn't know she was a singer. Was that Bette Miller? Did that get her confused with somebody you else? You think? Yeah. Maybe I Barbara Streisand. Barbara Streisand. I got her confused with Barbara Streisand. But Bette Miller is an actress. I do know that much. So, she got off on Twitter talking about some. <laughs> Hold on. Let me tell you what she said. Oh, this was classic. This was a. She said that women are the N word of the world. Now, let me let everybody know right now. She didn't say nigga. She literally put N word. Like she didn't say she didn't say nigga. That's an important distinction, right? Because people people be like, what? She went on to say, raped, beaten, enslaved, married off, worked like dumb animals, denied education and inheritance, enduring the pain and danger of childbirth and life in silence for thousands of years. They are the most disrespected creatures on earth. Now, I, I've tried my best to find the greatest intention in that message as possible. <laughs> because... You have to be white to understand the intent, the the good intentions of that. I don't know. I don't know. Because I think that in that, she passively is acknowledging that that's how fucked up of a time that black people are having. Mm-hmm. She passively exposed that. Right. I don't know why she said the N-word of the world. I don't know why she... She don't have to use that terminology to make that comparison. She could have said black people. Yeah, she didn't, you know. But I think she was trying to make it have a little, a little bit more flair on it. Flair or force or gravity. She no. wanted the people understand the gravity of what she was saying. My interpretation of it's changed since I've come to see that she had better intention than I thought she did at first. Mm-hmm. At first, I thought, well, let me say this. I still hold this perspective. I think that when she say women are the N-word of the world, it completely invalidates black women's existence. Mm-hmm. Because we go back to intersectionality. What about the women that are dealing with women and black issues? What are they? If women are the N-word of the world, what are fucking black women? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Exactly. They actually currently still N-words of the world. Yeah. You know? And forever will be. So it it was that invalidation was a problem. Mm-hmm. 
But I didn't understand at first kind of that she was acknowledging that she recognized the issues with black people mm. and with women. But that comparison ain't necessary. Let me ask you a question. Would it have been different if she would have said it at an award show? I always bring that up. Because it's one way. It's one thing for you to interpret it from somebody typing it out, and it's another way to interpret it if they would have actually said it in front of a whole group of people. How would you have taken it if she would have said that at like the Emmys or some shit? I think it would have been important to see how she said it because she would have elaborated on it more than just this number of tweets. Exactly. So I don't think there is a universe in which this would have been acceptable by anybody that's criticizing it now. But I feel like if she would have said it, I think maybe the understanding would have been a little bit different because I think she could have went into detail about what she was saying. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like if she would have said this and went into more background behind it instead of putting out some random ass tweet, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's, it's, it, the perspective changes. I feel like it would have. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Like, I, I look at, like, I just, tweets are so, and I'm not talking about her particular tweets, but there's been tweets that have been misinterpreted. Like, that's the problem with social media sometimes, man. Like, you can be whatever the fuck you want to be. You can, but when we look at it as society, we interpret things the way we want to interpret it. And it ain't always how somebody meant. You get what I'm saying? Like, it's mm-hmm. it's just, I don't know. I, it, how would we have felt if she would have said this and elaborated more? You know what I'm saying? Like, how would, how would people would have taken that? She probably would have been on every news site. I mean, not to say that she wasn't, because she, because she, she had to apologize. She, she came back and apologized about this. But if she would have stood up and said something like this and went into detail and something, and and I think it would have been a whole different situation if she would have spoke this instead of tweeted it. Another bigger issue, I think, that her comment goes into, and. Uh, Taylor Swift as well. Taylor Swift has come out after years of silence on a political front and said that she can't support the Republican nominee in Tennessee and she'll be voting Democrat. Um, well, look at, oh my gosh. Yeah. Well, that's uh, and I great. Think it's a part of the Kavanaugh no. vote. And within that dialogue, she, she mentioned things about, you know, racism and oppression being some of the worst it is on um, just like Bette Mittler mentioned about the horrors of, you know, being black mm. in America. The problem like, is like Bette Mittler knows the problem is with both of those is that those issues have always been issues and it don't become something that you mention until it evokes an issue that touches what you believe in. Mm-hmm. Like, if you believe that racism has been a problem and that these things have been happening to brown people, don't use that when you're talking about women. You know, don't use that when you're talking about sexual assault and Kavanaugh. Don't let what happens to you be what kind of makes you start speaking out about something that's always been an issue. Mm-hmm. That makes your touching that other issue a lot less genuine. Now, I'm I'm glad that they said something about it because they could be like a lot of other women out here. They could be out here saying, you know, just women. Mm. 
So I, 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 I like that they acknowledge the Brown experience in that. But you could have spoke on this a long time ago. This well, it has continued would, to be an issue. Why would they? Why would this they now? That, that, I don't know. Why would oh, they now? It's, it's touching them now. You it's touching I mean? them now. This is it's hitting them now. It's this is hitting them where it hurts now. It's but the thing is, before Kavanaugh, it wasn't touching them enough to well, speak on it. Bet Miller was is old enough to un, to know the whole Clarence Thomas situation. And she was in a prominent position that she was in a prominent place in her acting career where she could have said something about that too. About Anita But the Hill. times have changed now. You know, Anita Hill moved shit forward a lot in terms of how people, the organizational structure of sexual uh, inappropriateness. They started putting in rule systems after that Anita Hill situation mm-hmm. because, you know, if your boss came in and said, um, my his, meat's hanging to the left today. Here's some pubic hair on your coat. Exactly. Like, <laughs> if you said some shit like oh that, <laughs> I'm just saying. Pubic hair. <laughs> pubic hair the fucking. I still. I just don't know why. Don't Clarence understand Thomas. that. Who would make up somebody <laughs> saying that shit? That's what I don't get. Like, that is the worst thing to make up. If she was making it up, she could have made up anything. But I just feel like Clarence Thomas said that shit. He looked like he would. You know, he looked like he'll say some inappropriate shit. But she moved the meter a long way. Mm-hmm. Before that, there those standards weren't there. Mm-hmm. Now, those standards fell short as fuck. But it wasn't a time period where an, an actress would have weighed in the way that actresses can weigh in today because right. of Me Too and a lot of the protections that's coming for women. But... Again, where was this sentiment when the Me Too movement started? Also, like she didn't say. That's that what I'm saying. Is. What I'm saying is, if if you can acknowledge at the same time that women's issues are, are problematic, that's met your threshold. Mm-hmm. That means you've known a lot longer that these other issues have been going on to that level. But because it don't impact you, it's not something that you have to speak on. But now that a part of the issue impacts you, now you talk about the other issues that go along with it. I'm glad you said something because something had hit me and I read it and I, I quickly read it. And, and I'm glad we talked about this because it brings me to something. And this is just, just happened today. Did you hear about the white women suggest kneeling for the national anthem to protest Kavanaugh's confirmation? I did. I did. And that that has a and I'm like, wow, wait. Why y'all y'all you guys wanna kneel for that? When we was kneeling for social injustice for what y'all wouldn't go kneel for that, but y'all wanna kneel for this? And I I completely disagree with that. Like that's upending another movement. Like that's trying to like uh, That cheapens a lot of shit that Cap <laughs> Kaepernick did, man. But that article, what I don't know about that article, if that was just like a couple of women in a couple of tweets or if this is supposed to be some mass movement. Because I read that when I read that before Sunday and I have yet to see a white woman kneel <laughs> because of sexual assault issues. So I'm thinking that that was just like a isolated woman that Republican platforms may be. But I mean, don't you think that has the. If and with enough gas, enough fuel that it can it can actually be something that happens nationally. Maybe, maybe, but 
I have to start seeing it before I talk on it more. I understand. You know, I understand that. I, I, it's on my radar, though. Yeah, I, yeah. It. I seen that news story and I was like, "Are you fucking kidding me right now?" That's that's insulting as hell. Not to say that that the whole situation with the Kavanaugh, with Kavanaugh and stuff is not a a, a thing, but dude, well, uh, ladies, like. We've been kneeling you know, for social injustice for us dying. Could you could you throw us a bone with that, please? You know, shit get done when it start fucking with white women. Right. You know, like the Me Too movement, mm-hmm. it wasn't out there until white women start telling their stories about uh, Harvey Weinstein. Right. You know, so white women kneeling for sexual assault, they probably going to start, they probably going to stop calling it. Uh, disrespecting the flag exactly. and disrespecting the military and disrespecting America and they probably gonna start saying oh well we need to take these issues seriously but what that would do is it would either make them have to take the other issue seriously too no they're gonna sweep it under the or, rug or on point. come on now let's be smart about this wait a minute I'm saying if they say if white women kneel and they say well white women have these issues we need to address these issues they're gonna have to address the brown issues too or it's going to expose the fact that they are willing to address white women's issues and not willing to address brown people's issues. But that's the truth of the matter. But but we gonna like I'm saying. It's all I mean, about I know it's just it's, it's about a, exposure and accountability for me. Right. Like at a certain point, like right now, there's no baseline of comparison to say the reason that they treat these people like this is because they black. Right now, the reason they treat them like this is because it's disrespecting the flag. And white women ain't going to be able to do this and them to maintain that same you disrespecting the flag, the dynamic, because they doing that because the man black. But people can't people can't acknowledge that they're doing it because the, the, the players are black. Mm. I think that it's going to expose some more of America and some more Trump's rhetoric because I can promise you he's not going to say the same shit about the white women that he said about the black men. Well, I don't know. He's He doesn't really care much for... Respecting women in general. Well, I'm saying he ain't gonna have a rally saying all them women <laughs> yeah. kneeling for sexual rights. Them sons of bitches need to get fired from work. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Like, yeah. he said that about the he said that about, that about the, the black uh, players, the yeah. black pe- the, uh, NFL players. players. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? So he he won't be able to say the same shit about women. And if he do, it's just more exposure that gonna keep him from being voted in in 2020. You know, from my perspective. But yeah, I seen the I seen that article and the Bette Miller thing kind of set me. I was like, I wasn't even gonna bring that up, and then I thought about, it, I was like, yo, this actually, I don't know, man, side sidestepping the shit that we we trying to do. But you know, what can I say? You know what I'm saying? Uh, what's my next story, man? Let me find it. Sorry, I had it pulled up. So, uh. Somebody we don't get tired of talking about, Bill Cosby. No, in jail, likely as Pudding Pops. He, <laughs> yeah, <laughs> Pudding Pops, come on over here, do your dance. Hey, so, do the do the sounds. Yeah, do mm. the do the game. <laughs> hey, hey, hey! Yeah, do it again. <laughs> Hey, hey, hey. Did you see that video I sent to the group? <laughs> Which one? Of Bill Cosby doing them weird movements. You ain't see that? <laughs> Hold on. Nope. 
But it's a video of Bill Cosby like doing the I don't know what he, he just doing, like, like his little cartoon. He, like, like, oh. he just being silly doing some of that old silly movements he used to do in the Cosby show, and it's this dude laughing. But I feel like in jail they like making him do yeah those shit. things. Yeah, do you Listen, dance? You gonna be Bill? Thomas is gonna be uh <laughs> you Rudy? <laughs> Thomas is gonna be I need Claire. You. I need you to be Theo. We acting out this scene. You know, do he, it. He can't read. So the, do the scene, do the scene from when Theo said he, he had. What did Theo have? He had a. Uh, what was wrong with Theo again? Mm-hmm. Damn. He couldn't. He write his words backwards and shit. Oh, but, dyslexia. Yeah, yeah. Do the dyslexia scene where y'all find out that y'all was wrong the whole time. Do it. <laughs> <laughs> do it, Bill. Frank got a damn knife over there, made out of a toothbrush. Do it. He gonna stab your gonna blind shit the ass. hell out of you, you blind bastard. Do it. Put on that damn put put on these paper towels so it look like a ragged ass coochie sweater. <laughs> <laughs> you ain't got no coochie sweater now, do you? Rich bitch. Hate you. Okay. <laughs> we can spend another hour just roasting Bill Cosby in jail. So Bill Cosby is requesting a new trial and a reduced sentence. So he's asking the, the Pennsylvania judge who sentenced him to three years, three to ten years behind bars to grant him a new trial and a reduced sentence over alleged procedural errors. Ah, his, he got a good lawyer. Damn, you know what? <laughs> Real quick. Uh, damn, I can't even think of the lawyer name now. OJ uh, Trial. Johnny Cochran. Man, Johnny Cochran will be balling these days. Johnny Cochran will be in the monies right now. All these how these all of these trials. Johnny Cochran will be like this. I don't know. Johnny Cochran have money to burn. I bet Johnny Cochran is smart enough to not take cases he thought he would lose. I feel like he researched enough to know whether he'd be able to get over one of these cases. I don't mm-hmm. think he would have took no sexual assault. Mm-hmm. Especially not from Bill Cosby, where it's supposed to be widely known in in the uh, comedy field that he been doing this shit. Yeah, it, it ain't in the lawyer's best interest. Yeah, as a lawyer, you can't take everything. Yeah, the lawyer who the lawyer who just lost this Bill Cosby shit. You think somebody else gonna hire his ass? <laughs> Hell, fuck no. I mean, and now they saying Bill Cosby ain't paid their tabs, so his career might be fucked up. And well, like, why Bill Cosby feel inclined to finish paying them? <laughs> he in jail. Yeah. I ain't blame him, but he still got to pay that bill. So, well, speaking of his lawyers, his lawyer says that the judge abused his discretion by failing to adequately consider the 81-year-old defendant's age and his failing eyesight. Therefore, allegedly, the judge should have recused himself from the sentencing. Right. That don't make sense. They saying that the judge should have recused himself from something that they didn't know the judge was going to do before he did it. Right. A recusal has something to do with like a pre-existing issue. Oh my God. Not, we don't like how the outcome was. You should have recused yourself before you made a decision that we didn't like. <laughs> what? But so, they, they, but that defense is trying to Kavanaugh this shit though. Well, that defense is saying that um, Bill Cosby, because he's old and because he's blind now, should be able to 
not have to do time for some shit he did back then. Exactly. Same shit they talking about Kavanaugh. Just because he's led a good life and he became a judge. That's it. He shouldn't have to pay for the shit he did at 17. Exactly. Same ass concept. But you know who lose out in that damn shit? The damn women. The women do. I think... So, I'm just going to say this, man. Just let that nigga be in jail. Like, just let it the fuck go. Like, he did the crime. Yeah, it was way back in them days. The women came forward. He was found guilty. Let it be. Just leave it be, man. Let this... The, if they it's it's just not going to end well it's just not let it go like everybody got something to say about Bill Cosby Amber Rose was like I hope he died he serves his whole sentence and dies at the end of it and I was like she's a horrible person but just kind of let the shit like and then I know I was listening to Mike Epps interview uh, on the Breakfast Club and he was like man they got the father of America you know, it can all be gone just like that. Nobody's safe. Just let it go. That's how I look at it, man. Like, it ain't no matter what anybody has to say about this situation. It, he did it. The evidence is there. The women are there. He did the crime. He's got to. He's got to pay for it. You Let's, know what I'm saying? Let Let me pro- provide an alternative way of looking at it. Even if Bill Cosby didn't do it, okay? For those of you who are adamant about Bill Cosby having not done it, even if he didn't do it, he, unfortunately, has placed himself in bad enough of a position around people that are willing to manipulate a story mm-hmm. and has gotten to this point because he made fucked up decisions either way. If I happen to be outside in the street while the police looking for a... Uh, a, a suspect that is bald headed with a beard and they run across me. Unfortunately, I was at the wrong place at, at the, the wrong, wrong time. time. Now, understandably, if that happened once, it's a thing. But if that happened to me 60 times, I'm making fucked up decisions. And you need to shave that beard. And I need, <laughs> well, or I don't need to be outside, period. Yeah. Like, is if, if this happened to me 60 times, I'm making horrible decisions. Or I'm doing some shady ass bullshit. Mm-hmm. Either way, I'm gonna pay the price for it if I keep making the same decisions. Right. I believe Bill Cosby did it, but for the people who don't believe Bill Cosby did it, then he's making bad enough decisions to keep putting so, himself in that predicament. If that's the case, I think we're. I mean, okay. So here's the thing. On point. I think we're past the point of people not believing that he did it. We're at the point where people are saying it happened so long ago that he shouldn't get punished for it. You get what I'm saying? Like, I, I mean, I, I, I still hear a lot of people say he ain't do that shit, but I really hear more of the side of, or, you know, being being on social media, I'm looking at more of the side of, man, it was so long ago, man. Like, I mean, I, I, I ain't going to front. When the, first, when the shit first started, when it first happened, and it was certain women from like back in the 70s saying that shit. I was like, man, you know how long ago that shit was? But now when it became a snowball effect and it was like a lot of women were just like, well, hey, he did it to me too. I was like, oh shit, like this is some real, you know, a, a 60 motherfuckers ain't wrong. You get what I'm saying? So I think it's to the point now where 
I think a lot of people are looking at it more of it was so long ago. Why is he even getting, you know, why is he even getting put in jail for? I'm like, shit, man. Like, if that was your sister, or you'd be wanting to kill that nigga. Or if somebody get away with murdering somebody at 17 and they find evidence when that person is 65, they will still go to jail. Right. I mean, rape is one of those things. Sexual assault and rape is one of those things that has statutes of limitation, mm-hmm. which is garbage in the context of those allegations. But the one that happened in the nineties is the one that he's still he's going to jail for. Mm-hmm. That that was the nineties, you know what I'm saying? So these are the laws that we live up under, you know. And the laws say that if the statute of limitation ain't over on this assault that happened, then you're gonna do some time for it. And maybe they didn't have the evidence in that assault, mm-hmm. but the fact that it's supposedly did this to 58 59 more women means that all of that was probably taken into consideration with the jury mm-hmm. convicting him and and the thing is people gotta, people gotta understand it's like kind of like what you said it ain't from the ones in the 70s one in the 90s the thing that the the testimonies of all these other women are to help convict him you get what i'm saying yeah. he ain't getting convicted for them or because of you get what i'm saying like yeah. for those crimes it's just a lawyer doing their job yeah so damn but like just i don't know man i'm just kind of like let the shit fucking go just let it go he's in jail i know now i ain't gonna front he, he you know i can't blame the man for trying not to be he's 81 years old and he's bill cosby he don't want to be in prison you get what i'm saying like yeah. of course he's gonna try to be like hey man I can't be here. You know what I'm saying? So I can't blame the man for trying to get out, but some things can't some things can't cross over. You can't be you can't be somebody who don't believe Bill Cosby did it or believe he may have did it, but because of his age shouldn't go to jail and be mad at uh Brett Kavanaugh. Right. You know, you for consistency's sake, you either believe one or you believe the other. Mm-hmm. You know? You believe that all men who do shit when they're young should be able to get away with it if they got away with it when they did it and shouldn't serve any consequences. Or you should believe that if you don't, if you think Kavanaugh should be going to jail, you should think, or, or should not be on the Supreme Court, then you should think Bill Cosby should be going to jail. Mm-hmm. You know, and, and people just ain't consistent on their thoughts because we, we become so tribal these days that we only really support what we fuck with. Not what we believe in just what we fuck with yeah man i mean i don't know a lot of times we look at it just trying to support our people even though all the time our people ain't always doing the right thing does that make sense yeah. uh, you know what i'm saying like it's like we trying to back but now nah, motherfuckers didn't give a fuck about no bill cosby before this you know what i'm saying yeah a lot of motherfuckers just getting on this train because it's it's something for them to talk about where they can get likes. Maybe. I think this is fucking with people's childhood shit, you know. Mm-hmm. It's like when I was growing up, I used to watch Pee Wee Herman a lot. <laughs> yeah. My daddy said I used to get his ass up every damn morning to go watch some Pee Wee Playhouse. I didn't know, you know, one of my childhood favorites was gonna be being this dick in a damn movie theater <laughs> at some point. I didn't know that. <laughs> but he was 
And you know what? I had to accept that shit. Right. Now, I don't remember liking Pee Wee Herman that much. Right. And I saw Pee Wee Herman as an adult. I remember asking a barber for a Pee Wee Herman haircut one mm-hmm. time. He kind of gave me a ball fade with a little puff of nigga hat at the top. <laughs> you know, there that, you go. That was his. <laughs> that was his version. He of probably black didn't Pee-wee. know who Pee Wee was. He was like, oh, "Who the fuck is Pee Wee Mother Clyde? Who the fuck is Pee Wee Herman? Shit, this little motherfucker right here. Somebody come get him." I remember. I remember it because it was one of the rare times that my granddaddy took me to the barber shop versus my grandmama, mm-hmm. and uh, all the old men and they were laughing like hell, and you could tell they all knew each other. <laughs> They was probably banging the same neighborhood crackheads. <laughs> God damn. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know old Ethel over there today. You know what I'm going to do. I am too. <laughs> <laughs> Eskimo brothers. Shit. They probably watching each other. Don't tell them, man. <laughs> or knocking but on the door. Get out of there, nigga. my turn. <laughs> Shit. But I do, you know, it's fucking with people's childhood when it comes to Bill Cosby. Right. He was a positive black image. He had positive black messages. I'm, I'm, I'm. I don't give a fuck what anybody say. I'm still gonna watch Cosby Show. I'm still fuck. I still fuck with that that show. I don't care. I I have to. That that was that was a that helped that helped me in a lot of situations. You know what I'm saying? Like, and I don't think people have to. That's why. That's why it's so disheartening to see people connecting the actual man to his work. Mm-hmm. You know, you don't have to connect the man to his work to validate that his work did something for you. And I don't know if people understand, but there were more than it was more characters than just Cliff Huxtable on the fucking show. Cliff Huxtable was just like the main attraction, the star, but it was just more and more, way more things popping on on the Cosby Show other than just Cliff Huxtable. And plus, we had we got a different world from that, which is still one of my favorite shows. So what we're going to do is we're going to shotgun the rest of these topics. Because, okay, we've been going a while, haven't we? Yeah, okay. time about to run up. I sacrificed a lot of this stuff that I really want to talk about. You shouldn't have to. For, you shouldn't have to, man. For that political little shit I talked about at the beginning. But uh, Kanye West, um, he had a little SNL stint where he pretty much talked more of the same shit. I had the MAGA hat. And said, had his MAGA hat on, said people were trying to bully him. Said Democrats is the reason that people are poor because they created welfare, all kind of crazy shit. And Pete Davis sound like my uncle. <laughs> we, that's what we're pro now. They, they they created welfare to keep us down. Like whatever, man. Yeah, nigga, go get a job. <laughs> you know, like you know, I got bad feet. I got the gout. <laughs> <laughs> so I got the gout. And Pete Davidson came out, and he's one of the Saturday Night Live crew members. He is Ariana Grande's husband. Uh, they came out. He came out and was like, look, Kanye. First off, he said, uh, we thought had a conversation about whether Michael Chase should have this dialogue mm-hmm. about Kanye or me because Michael Chase is black and I'm crazy, and we all know which <laughs> side of the wheel is uh, Kanye's, on. Kanye's on right now. Yeah. You know, and so he pretty much talked about, in a funny way, talked about mental health, talked about it okay being okay to take your medicine since Kanye was talking about he, he's not taking his medication. He's not medicating anymore. Yeah, and made a joke about how, you know, one time when he went off his meds, he bit his mama. You know, he's just straight bitter. You know, and he was like, it's all right, I bought her a house. Right, <laughs> you know, right, right. he's just being funny about it. But at the end of the day, like, Kanye need to take his fucking pills. 
If somebody prescribed that man medication, they did it for a reason. And once he started taking them, he put on his album Bipolar is Awesome. Like he, he put. Yeah, yeah, that's his superpower. Yeah, he acknowledged that he was, he had it. He said that in the speech when uh, on SNL. He was like, this is my superpower. Bi- not, bipolar is my superpower. Unmedicated bipolar is not your superpower. <laughs> it's a fucking, it's a fucked up brain chemistry uh, chemical allocation in your head. He could be that, Mr. Glass. Mr. Glass? No, wait. Have you ever seen Unbreakable? No, I know you're talking about. Oh, that. okay. Mr. Glass. He's a super intelligent. But he couldn't, you know, he's <laughs> fucked up. <laughs> Mr. Glass, but 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 that's the equivalent of being super intelligent, but you can't speak all right. <laughs> it's like how do people know? Like that's the situation with Kanye. It's like okay, bipolar is your superpower, but the only thing we know that it does is make black people mad. Right. You know what kind of superpower is that? That sounds like white right America <laughs> to me. <laughs> you know. Right. Like your superpower ain't working. Eh, I'm all, I don't know, man. I'm just about I'm uh, like Sid Davis from Social Network. I just want the music, honestly. Say what you want to about Kanye. Nigga still makes some good music. Kanye' whole album gonna be politicized. His whole album because his verses on Pusha T shit are political. Yeah, but you gotta balance out the drug references that Pusha Push T still talk like an old drug dealer. Well, that's because he he. That's because the people that he. Started making music for with people who wanted to hear a drug deal. Yeah, you can only talk and, about and, coke and, for and so he, much for so long. I don't. I know he. I think Pusha T knows he can't diversify his his uh, fan base now. He can't. Why should he? The shit sells. Now what I'm saying, and, and his he, shit sells. I don't think he can anyway. It ain't nothing <sighs> else that he he can rap about that he know enough about other than drugs. That's what he know. I don't think he's smart. I don't think he's a. I think he's a uh, I think he's a capable businessman, mm. but for some reason I don't think he's smart. You don't think I, he's a smart enough rapper to 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 switch it up to something? No, I think he's smart at what he's smart at. I don't think that he would be able to go out and start rapping about other shit and us believe that it means something to him. Right. The thing that made him what he is. Unfortunately, is that drug world? Yeah, I mean, I don't want to push a T album that that's talking about social issues. I want push a T talk about coke. exactly like I I want I like push a T album drugs. because he just got clever ways of saying fuck shit. Yeah, and I like the way that he lined it up. Right, you know, but Kanye album is his gonna be politicized. If we think he ain't finna try to justify why he doing what he doing and say some political shit in this album. That's what it's gonna be. So, mm, I don't think so. I don't think so. I think Yandy's gonna be whatever he wants. I don't think it's gonna be politicized like that. I don't think so. I think it's gonna be him just being able to work with young artists. I and think. That's it. I I think this is. I've always said this about Kanye and the MAGA hat. He pulls that shit out to sell albums. Everything he just pulls that out for marketing purposes. He pulls that out to get people riled up, because in today's society now, haters still get likes. Haters still pay money to hate on shit on social media. You know what I'm saying? Like motherfuckers go to the stream of getting an album, dogging it out on YouTube, and 
you know what I'm saying? He still gets the sale for it. Or he still gets the stream for it. Well, so. if he don't politicize this album at all, then I think that's disrespectful to the verses he put on other people's shit when he talking about his Trump hat and all that other shit. Mm. Did you ever listen? Did you listen to Ye? Is that when he came out with this year? Yes, I did, yeah. Uh-huh. He was political in about three or four of them songs. Mm-hmm. You know, and that's why I think this is going to be more the same. Mm. I don't know, but... I feel like if he don't at all, then it's disrespectful to the other shit. He Honestly, did. I feel like he didn't drop that album because Carter Five. So <laughs> I just felt like that nigga, like he said, "Oh, we're, I'm gonna come out with it." Like, no, you you just can't. Carter Five is taking up the whole month, so just chill, bruh. Okay, all right. Rapper, my son talked about rape culture. Uh, it's good to hear a man that is embedded in the uh world of misogyny and patriarchy and rape culture which is hip-hop uh clearly not every artist but i mean there has been a vast level of argument that hip-hop disrespect women consistently that's changed though it's changing it is it is, it is, I, it is yeah, changing i ain't gonna it say it's changing. changed i should yeah um, it's changing but there's still a lot of people who who do that and participate in it and there's a lot of people who have mm-hmm. listened who Rappers ain't came out and said nothing like what he said. Right. Which was basically, hey, uh, we can't be black people talking about oppression uh, and white people oppressing us and still participate in a an oppressive system as men towards women mm-hmm. and not acknowledge that we need to change some shit about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Most you know? definitely. Um, and one thing that I like, I want people to understand is that as men, not every single one of us, but as men who has grown up in rape culture and who has been told when a woman say no, that means she just playing hard to get, you know, sometimes no is no, you know what I'm saying? No is no. Even if you got the tip in, but that's new. (laughs) Yeah. But but that's a new way of thinking, you know, No, my, my, um, my aunts and my mom was like, even if you knee deep and at any point in time that she says, no, you need to pull out and leave. For most people, that's a new way of, that's a new dialogue that's been verbalized outwardly now. No, it, it that's been the reality for a long time, to be honest. But it ain't like women done told people that's the case, but men they never told people that's the case. Mm-hmm. But see, now we got men challenging that shit. But there are women who have uh, men etched into their brains, and those men have forgotten who they are, and. That's the reality of rape culture. You can do something to a woman that she's deeply uncomfortable with and not remember that you did it, that she'll never forget. Mm-hmm. And so it's just good to hear somebody talking about that. Uh, Frederick Hopkins, um, 74-year-old white man, he uh, shot and killed a police officer in South Carolina, went on to shoot four more police officers, and was taken in handcuffs. Hmm. He survived? He survived. Oh, shit. I wonder how much time he'll get. Now, we know if he would have had a cell phone in his hand and killed nobody, that he probably would have got some bullets in him. Oh, and he would have had to be black. Because, uh, you know, that's kind of what happens to... Black people. Black people. When what they if don't he was moderately tan? <laughs> would moderately tan work? Would he got shot if he was moderately tan? I don't know. I doubt it. <laughs> like a moderately tan. White ain't about color. There's been some light skinned black folks shot out here. They can tell you black when they uh when they feel threatened. 
like, hey, I'm just, it's just me. I'm tan. Can't take any chances. We shoot uh, Eric Reed with the Panthers. Uh, you know, Eric Reed was team cap mm-hmm. and supposedly couldn't get on the team because of his stance his on, you know, association with Colin Kaepernick. He's and one his, of the first to, to kneel with him. Yeah, and his kneeling with him. But, oh, lo and behold, the Panthers put him on the team. Yeah. So, what do you think about that? I think that's very good. Um, actually, after the game – um, cause they, the, the Carolina, Carolina Panthers won that game. I, I, yes, I am watching NFL football. Fuck you. Um, but, um, after the game, he said, you know, like while I'm out here, you know, Cap is at home, help watch my kids. You know, he should really be out here too. Like Kyle Kaepernick is, uh, losing a lot for something that he believes in. And, uh, I don't know if we really really understand the gravity of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, Cap could be – he is an awesome quarterback. Like, don't care what a lot of people say. You know what I'm saying? He's better than all these cats out here right now. He, the man should have a job. Period. You know what I'm saying? No matter what. But, um, yeah, it, he, he kind of spoke out about, you know, and he's going to continue. He kneeled. Um, he actually kneeled that game as well. You know what I'm saying? Like, he's continuing to do – what he started with Cap, and I just feel like Cap Cap deserves a shot, man. He needs he deserves to be back in the NFL. What do you think that says about the NFL that they let Eric Reed back in? Well, it ain't really the NFL. It's more of the owner, uh, you know, the the owner of the team. You know what I'm saying? At the end of the day, Cap is being blackballed. But so, what makes you think that Cap is blackballed, but Eric Reed won blackball? Cap has been the cap just become the he's public, face of the movement. Yes, he's public enemy number one. Period. Period. Point blank. You know what I'm saying? Like that exposed a lot. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And then to think of, I mean, you have to think. Like there have been people who have actually been looking to put Kaepernick on the team. He was actually going to go. The Raiders were thinking about getting him, and they just kind of fell to the wayside. You know what I'm saying? Like they didn't want to do that. Um. Who else had a hurt quarterback? Oh, the Niners, uh, who he actually used to play for. You know, that quarterback got hurt, and they was thinking about doing it. And then when those rumors came about, they really erased all of that. So we haven't – we're not going to – I mean, you know, Cap is, is losing out on a lot. And the man is just, just standing up for what he believes in. You know what I'm saying? It's, it's crazy as hell. You know what I'm saying? That this dude can't even – be a quarterback in the NFL because a lot of people feel like he's is toxic what he's doing. One thing I think that Eric Reed being put on is going to do is going to reinforce that bullshit ass dialogue that the reason that Kaepernick ain't been hired is because he's not a good quarterback. Right. Because what they're going to say is, well, look, they got Eric Reed. He was doing the same thing. The fact that nobody's mm-hmm. getting capped. Means that Cap just won the good quarterback. Right. It's gonna reinforce that bullshit ass dialogue that right. about it. But that's the thing like that. too. Every time people say those things, you know, a lot of the analysts are like, Well, look at his numbers last time he played. Boy wasn't bad. You know what I'm saying? He wasn't that he wasn't I mean, for people who watch sports and kinda understand the that how big it is for somebody to take their team to the Cap took a team to the to the Super Bowl. You get what I'm saying? Like, you have to be 
pretty fucking good to be able to take to and it wasn't a on no bullshit. He really led that team to the Super Bowl. So it's just one of them things, man, where I feel like he's being blackballed. We know he is. You know what I'm saying? Ain't no if fans or bust about it. Um you know, shouts out for Carolina actually getting um getting his partner. But it's it's so much it's so much happening, man. It's it's crazy. I feel like Cap should be should be playing. Cause there's a lot of whack ass quarterbacks in the league now, anyway. So, yeah, that's just my two cents. Okay. Uh, last thing is uh, Popeyes had uh, 24 carat champagne wings. I Means nothing to me. I'm vegetarian. Um, just saying, <laughs> frivolous, pointless. How much did they cost? I don't even know. I didn't check the price. Did they cost like a thousand? I something doubt like it. I doubt it. I don't know why they, how much they would cost coming from some damn Popeyes. Well, somebody, somebody said Popeyes ain't shit uh, the other day. I was like, whoa, wait, has Popeyes failed in the chicken game? Bless you. Thank you. I don't know what Popeyes did to that person. <laughs> <laughs> There's a Popeyes ain't shit. I was like, wait, don't be so disrespectful, <laughs> man. Like shit. Well, I just wanted to bring that up for people to search and Google if you wanted to. The wings, the wings was, look. They look, looked. Good, good. Like they'll be a new kind of crunchy and crispy. You should make some on point. I can't eat them, but you should make some. I don't even know where to get twenty four karat gold at. You can do a. I'm pretty sure that you're smart enough to like make a sauce that looks like it's twenty four karat gold. I'll tell you, it's a food coloring and some. It's point. I wouldn't do that. Damn. Okay, you ain't supposed to eat that shit. Ain't no telling what that shit gonna do. In 20 years, they're going to be like, if you or any of your loved ones has eaten 24 karat gold in the last 30 years, you Call may be entitled Call to some funds. Call, Call Alexander Sonar and we'll get you paid. It's going to be the name of some new disease that obstructed your asshole because you was eating 24 karat gold trying to be fancy when you was goddamn 30. Drippage. Exactly. Saved up <laughs> some money just to eat some 24 karat gold wings and now you got super gout. <laughs> <laughs> Super gal. <laughs> that is hard. Damn. Super gal, man. That's some shit that ain't meant to be ingested, wow. man. Super I was gal. talking about like my uh when I went home this weekend and yeah. saw my family and stuff, but the dirt out there back where my grandmama lived that it had little silver deposits all in it. And you know, I ain't think nothing of it, but like in my adult life, I ain't seen dirt like that nowhere. And I'm like what the fuck was we playing in and ingesting and shit? You silver deposits. Not really, really silver. Like they were like little tiny ass silver flakes. It looked like. Oh shit. Yeah, it made me want to go back there and get that damn dirt tested to see what the fuck we've been ingesting. But like everything ain't meant to be ingested, man. And twenty four karat. I'm just certain they hadn't done no damn research on twenty four karat to see what kind of long term damage ingesting it would do. Were they whole? Or even short term. Huh? Were they whole wings? I'm sorry. They was uh they look like they didn't look like whole wings. Mm. They look like like just like legs and drums. Mm-mm. But I don't, I couldn't tell. That's you know, they was breaded heavily. I don't like heavily breaded shit. Really? Hmm. Like at Hooters I eat my shit, uh, wings naked. Yeah. I just like a thin layer of flour on it and then dipped. I don't like them heavily breaded. I don't either. That bread and bread and make you full quick. 
That's how they come up. That's how they get you. Is it? But anyway, uh, look, Cole Jackson, I appreciate you for being a part of the show today. Thank you, man. In Thank Red's, you for having um, me. Unknown absence. So email her and figure out why that's the case. <laughs> she gonna be pissed off. And um, fool your ass, Red. You still don't know <laughs> which <the> meals <laughs> I put sugar <laughs> in, and I hoped you listened all the way through, trying to figure that shit out. Because you should be listening any damn way. Maybe it's in the 24 karat wings. Maybe. Could be in the 24 karat wings. Mm. Mm, interesting. Very. Thank you for having me, Mr. Point. I appreciate filling in. I know I'm not red, but I do my best. Hey, everybody got their place in, uh, in the dialogue. Thank you. So, I appreciate you again. And, um... Until we find the next conversation, we out. Peace. Holla.